us with another edition of the 1075 podcast from the Propane Education and Research Council. Today, we're talking about options available for supply planning and storage for the upcoming winter season with Superior Energy Systems, Jim Bunsey, Director of Operations, and Derek Rimko, VP of Operations. No matter what you decide to do this winter, it's important that you have a supply plan. As you know, supply plans look very different depending on region, size of the company, and other preferences. This episode explores just a couple of ways that propane marketers can prepare. Okay, so we'll start. So this is Jim talking. My background is I came from a mechanical engineering background, and I partnered up with Superior Energy about 12 years ago and helping them build propane infrastructure from small bulk plants to large terminals to, um, you know, small bottle fills. And so anything that has to do with transferring propane from one container to another container, that's what Superior Energy specializes in. So when we say bulk plant storage, we're talking about the small retail locations that'll have anywhere from 18,000 gallons storage capacity up to about 100,000 gallons storage capacity. And this is going to be for your smaller, smaller retailers or your average retailers. So even some of the large companies, you know, that's what their typical bulk plants are. And then we move on and we do a lot of work in the midstream for our larger midstream customers where we go ahead and we put in, you know, eight 90,000 gallon tanks um, where we have a million gallons of storage on site. We have rail unloads. So most of those guys will say, we'll unload rail cars. We're going to store them in our tanks and then we're going to fill transport trucks. Transport trucks are going to take it out to our smaller bulk plants. So really, if you look at, we're at the facet of Anywhere there's propane storage, you know, we're, we're kind of the experts in the industry to help them out. So I'm Derek Rimko, and I've been, uh, I've been here, God, seems like forever. Um, <laughs> I've been here probably 15, 20 years through plant systems, uh, morphing into superior ener- uh, energy. Um, and I came from marketing advertising. I never wanted to touch a pipe wrench or look at anything mechanical way back when. So. And like Jim says, we do, we're really focused on bulk plants from, from grassroots all the way up to adding storage or adding compressors or adding pumps or adding anything that uh, enhances a system into accomplishing what the customer wants. We go from bulk plants to terminals to standby plants, uh, which are kind of make a little bit of a resurgence to auto gas. Anything that has to do with propane tanks or uh, uh, compressors or can pumps or anything that that puts one of these systems together, that's what we do. So we stay away from the product the best we can, um, but we try and help out every one of these midstream guys, little guys that are just getting into business, or giant guys who are adding tanks to their to their existing facility. Wow, I didn't realize. It was so extensive with everything that you all do and Superior Energy Systems is responsible for. I'm just really excited to talk to you guys today and learn about your insights and the challenges that might present themselves for the upcoming winter season. So according to you know the events that have happened so far this year with COVID-19 and the lowering of crude and natural gas prices, how do you see 
those things affecting or creating any challenges for the upcoming season? So what we're really seeing where a lot of people slowed down during the COVID-19 crisis going on, we have actually, our sales have increased and our business has increased because as we start seeing the supply chain problems going down, the low crude prices, um, a lot of people are worried about production slowing down and not being able to get products, which in turn, if you're a propane infrastructure contractor, such as us, people are expanding their storage. We're, we're getting, we're putting out a lot of quotes. We have triple the amount of quotes out this year than we did at this time last year for just increasing storage capacity. Um, most of these sites were adding 30,000 gallon tanks or we're adding multiple 30,000 gallon tanks to the sites. Um, we have midstream um, where we're expanding rail sidings so that we can have more storage on site because what everybody's gearing up to do is make sure that they have the gallons available when peak demand comes up and it's twofold they're worried they're going to be able to get it but also it's very affordable if you have a place to store the product right now um you, you're going to be set up hopefully when things rebound and it's it, uh they'll be prepared to go yeah i'm, I'm going to say that the uh, you know propane has kind of made one of those where it's helped out retailers and it's helped out the midstream guys because it's becoming cheaper so now we're in that spring summer fall area where these guys are looking to, to jam the storage into their facilities, uh, update anything that might not be, uh, that they've looked at for a while and, and they wanna get it up to top performance. And once they get this in there, whatever happens with propane, if it stays down or it starts to trickle up, they'll at least have the uh, containers that can help them get through whatever hits them, whether it's cold weather or uh, an influx of bulk plants or peak shaving plants or standby plants using a lot more pro product, they won't have to, you know, go anywhere else. They'll have the storage on site or be able to get the storage. Can you explain a little bit about some details of those solutions and the options available that you're working with people on? So one of those things are is to, to help us increase moving the gallons as demand comes up. So we look at that and we're gonna talk about our terminals that we're building right now. One of the biggest things that we do right now when we build a terminal, we design the terminal so we can fill the transport truck in about 15 to 20 minutes. So we're filling at about 700 gallons a minute, which again, I always say time is money and that's what we're trying to do to help these, get these guys move the product to move it. So what we're doing for them is they, they have a limited number that they can do. So if they have an eight hour working day or they can take loads, you know, for eight or 10 hours a day, we're helping in designing terminal automation that becomes a 24 automated, 24 hour automated site. So what happens is a truck driver will pull in that takes loads of propane out of there. He's going to have a number that opens the gate. It lets him into the gate. He's going to pull up to the pump and he's going to put in his, his information to identify him. They're going to identify the truck and the trailer. The computer will then know they can only put 9,000 gallons in or 10,000 gallons into his tank, and he'll be able to take the delivery. When he's done with that delivery in 15 to 20 minutes, it prints out a BOL form. So what happens? It becomes fully automated, and they can utilize their terminal 24 hours a day. So in return, as long as they have enough storage, we can move product all day long. So that really helps them with supply and demand. We've done this with several 
um, of our terminals in the past couple of years, and it, it's really paid off well for them. Um, the other thing that we're doing also, and a lot of quotes are going out this year, is increasing the number of spots. So we're increasing the rail spots. So let's say they only have a million gallons of storage. If we could give them 10 more rail spots to unload, that would give them over 300,000 gallons of additional storage. So we're finding that if we have the rail cars and they have the space, they can increase their storage at, at a lower investment rather than putting new permanent storage tanks in. As long as they can handle and move the rail cars throughout the ship, we're able to increase their storage capacity that way. And everything, everything that Jim had talked about that automates these systems, that makes these things move a lot quicker, fill things a lot faster, helps these guys in their their workload with the guys that are on site and guys that come in from the different terminals that maybe we didn't uh, work on would like to see certain things that that are implemented in these facilities to make their process go smoother, quicker, automated, and the getting the times down so that you know the workload for the people that are on site is more independent, if you will, so that they can go and do other things that might make them some uh, some money as well. I think you've answered my next couple questions, but are there yeah, that's any? What I, that's what I through here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that was really thorough. Okay, let's move on then. So how do you calculate sizing storage requirements for your company needs if you're a small company or a large one? When we, when we talk to a customer, we basically find how many gallons do you want to move a day? Okay, and, and this is, I'm going to, I hate to always talk about the larger customer first, but it always seems more exciting when we talk about pumping 700 gallons a minute rather than 250 gallons a minute. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about this first. And so they'll come to us and they're going to say, okay, we want to move 300,000 gallons a day. So we calculate that backwards into about 30 gallons or three, 30 trucks a day. So then we work that backwards to, you know, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to be eight hours or are you going to be 24 hours so we can move this capacity? And so we, we go 20 minutes a truck and we start looking at about a 10 hour day. So most of our storage requirements, we look at how much product they can move in a standard shift in a 10 hour day, and we make sure we have enough storage capacity there and make sure we have enough rail capacity there to be able to fill that number of trucks for the day. I think a lot of times the customer will come to us too and say, we wanna be, it may be pie in the sky, but they'll say, we wanna do this many trucks, we wanna move this much volume, and they kind of lay it in our lap and say, hey, design this. So now we have to take this and say, all right, we're going to need to fill six trucks. We're going to need eight compressors. We're going to need three pumps. We're going to need X amount of tanks to, to hold up the storage. And, and how many spots we're going to have for the rail cars is is another key uh, instrument on that too. So we're moving the, the maximum amount of product the quickest we can and the safest. So a lot of times they'll give us something that might be a stretch, but other times it's, hey, I don't really know what I have. I have this piece of land. Utilize it the best you can and give me everything I, you know, I can get out of that property. I think it's one of the things that helps us stand out to others that are in the industry is the number of terminals that we've built across the United States. Our in-house engineers know what to do with the pieces of the land. We have special software that helps us you know, understand how the trucks are going to move through the site and how much room does it actually take to move that tractor trailer. Um, how much area needs to be taken up for the rail area that's, that's going to be required for the switches to be in there and where we're going to be able to put the rail racks. So a lot of it's the experience that we have 
And, you know, throughout the years, we're always making it better. We're striving to make the plants better, but a lot of it leads back to the experience of what we've done and what we've been successful with and what has failed throughout the years too. So we can take somebody that says, hey, I have this 20 acre piece of land. I want to be able to unload 30 trucks a day. What can you do for me? We send it up to our in-house engineers. They go to Google Earth. We lay out the site and uh, help them with the process. I mean, it's one of the major things that we do is help people from the beginning to the end where it's just a blank land. So we do site preparation. We do all the permitting and all the, all the engineering drawings are in-house here. And, you know, so we, it's, a, it's a good experience for the customers that we're able to help them all the way through. And there's quite value to how many times we've done it and success stories that we have following behind us. Yeah, that's really great. That's really informative too. I, I just had no idea how it worked. So that's really interesting. So I'm curious, what's the timeline for these kind of storage builds? So if a marketer wanted to do this for the upcoming season, when and how should they start? How do they get started? What are those first steps? Well, on a, on a the smaller level, on a bulk plant that may be a 30,000 or a couple 30s, you're probably looking at a, maybe a month and a half two months to get it from engineering to permitting to actually pouring concrete. When you get into the terminals, there's a lot more uh, engineering and permitting and approvals on the front side. Some of the bigger equipment's a lot longer lead. So you're probably looking at uh, those can be five to six months. So I would say if somebody's looking at a terminal, and we're sitting the end of May, Right now would be the time to, to really start, if it, depending on the area too, you know, Northeast, the weather gets changes on us. You know, if we're doing something South or maybe in the, the lower Midwest, we may buy, be able to buy a little bit more time, but uh, on that timing, you probably have to start on those right now. Bulk plants, you got a little bit of time because usually those are uh, quick hitters. The only thing that would throw a wrench in that is if they decide to go all new tanks, which, in our line of work, we use used tanks and new tanks. The new tanks can be three, four months just to get them. So it, it all has to do with with timing, and you know, a lot of times going through the cities and the state, that's where a lot of the draw is for slowing the thing down. So, so we'd say a, a bulk plant's about three months from when we get the order till it's built, and then we'll, we'll say a terminal is eight months to a year till we finally finish it with lead times, equipment, engineering. Um, permitting has become a, a really big issue right now. Every city and every state has different requirements. I, they all build by the building code in NFPA 58, but there's different requirements that are required. Um, I have some small auto gas plants that it's taken over a year to get the permits. And then we'll have bulk plants where we can go in and we can get the permits within a week. You know, so, so the planning stages that, that you look at, it does depend on the size of the facility you're building, but also depends on the city that you're working with. Um, we've had terminals that were pre-built because we do a lot of pre-engineering here and pre-building the sites before we ship it. A lot of it's built here right in our shop and then we ship it out. Well, we actually built one in the Northeast before the permitting was done and they never allowed it to go in because of the land use that was being used in the area. So we ended up having to find a new location to put all those parts in. So, you know, it, it's the procurement of the land and the design of the system, the permitting, the inspections, 
and there, there's a lot involved in it. And when you think about setting a couple tanks, that's the easy part. Building the plants, the easy part. It's it's getting the design and getting it through the cities, getting it through the fire departments, and making sure that you know you have a efficient, safe system. I'm just curious. So, is there an ideal time to start this, or is just does this just happen throughout the year when when these projects are started? We would always love to start them in the very in usually June, July in the dry months. But now in the real world, we start and we start pulling our permits in January and February, and then we get delays and stuff behind, which pushes us, you know, into October, November, December. Of course, you're going to have weather delays. You're going to have rain delays as we start going through the months. So ideally, we would love to build every one of these terminals in the middle of summer where we have good weather and it's not going to be muddy and it's not going to be frozen. And we, we try to do that. But really, terminals and our business and bulk plants, they're built throughout the year because we're really held to customer wants it built. We're going to go in and get the permitting. Once we're permitting set, we have the land. We're going to break ground and we're going to build this. So ideal time is summertime, but we can build a plant anytime. Gotcha. Well, I've definitely learned so much about this topic and you've just explained it all very clearly and I really appreciate that. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Starting to open up and, and a lot of the stuff that we had started off in the beginning because of COVID and all that slowed a little little bit of the purse strings, if you will, for some of these guys, but they're they're jumping right back on it. So it's gonna get nuts here before it before it smooths out. And we'd love to anything we can help with on any level that, that has to do with propane systems, we're here to help. And I, I still say the COVID crisis is still showing what a good product we all have. I mean, propane's here. Propane still was delivered. Propane still helped everybody cook and heat their water while they're sheltering in place. We didn't have any demand problems. I mean, all of our, and even from our autogas vehicles, the gallons were still moving. They were taking their, so through a worldwide crisis, propane is stable enough and its price is amazing right now that you know it, it's here it, it, it's america that's what i tell everybody about propane I, I never planned to be in the propane world but it sure pulled me in and now i'm kind of really living the propane world yeah it's always been essential but now it's just like front and center just how important and um the difference that it makes to just you know regular uses throughout the year but now even during this time you know how they're powering you know hospital tents and um other things like that that people need to rely on reliable power and we're here to help so that's really cool and it's and it's easy to transport it's easy mm -hmm. to move you know it's at safe pressures you know it, when you compare to some of the other alternatives out there it's just propane still keeps going and that's it's key it's key to what we have going um, I'm happy to be part of the industry. Um, we never had to worry about not working here because we just still had to keep figuring out how we're going to keep working. And I just got back yesterday. I just sent two tanks down in Fort Myers and now I'm back in Cleveland. So it's, uh, we're still moving. Um, our, we're shipping auto gas dispensers out of here daily, complete skids or just dispensers. 
and uh, we're building transloaders to help people that don't have terminals yet, but we can still unload rail to right to a transport. It may not be as fast as a terminal will, but they, we can fill a transport truck from a rail car in 45 minutes. And, you know, as long as they have a rail siding, they get a permit to transfer product there. It's another way that we can get product around the United States where it needs to be so the users have reliable propane services to keep them going. Yeah, that's great. Well, we appreciate you uh, inviting us to the call. And uh, if anybody has any questions or concerns, uh, you can find us on the web at superiornrg.com. And uh, we'll be happy to answer anything for you. For our listeners, if you're interested in sharing other ways to prepare for the winter season or have feedback about this episode, please email me at editor at propane.com. Thanks for listening.